And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! <laughs> hey ho and what do you know welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs podcast i am one half of the top dogs your pilot on this journey today and it's a wild journey indeed today your maverick alex hale joined as always by my co-pilot my goose jack mccurry jack how are you I'm good brother how are you good and you still haven't seen top gun so there you go whatever it you're i'm gonna say it every it's week a bit until you it's a bit me. of the show we might as well just roll with it no you need to see it it's I amazing know, know. and the second one's even more amazing they're gonna make a third maybe they're gonna make a third is it confirmed screw it we're we're we're, si- we're confirming oh. it right now with no sources fuck it <laughs> it's done top gun three is happening i have no sources to confirm this other than the church of scientology i'm now believing in the church of scientology is going to back the funding of top gun three and it's going to be freaking amazing and everybody's going to be scientologists when it's over (laughs) well that's the case i ain't watching any (laughs) what do you mean come on i don't want i listen people believe what they want to believe i ain't being no scientologist okay fine fine that's fair you can believe what you want to believe kiflam Uh, if you got that reference which most of you should (laughs) there you go um anywho uh today's show is going to be a little bit different because jack uh there's no browns talk this week none None. we're still we're still waiting on deshaun watson which i would i would feel like it's coming this week but who knows i just hope it's i hope it's there before camp like if other this drags than, into camp, it's going it's to be turmoil. Yeah. And other than the Dominican Sue rumors and Perrion Winfrey not signing his rookie deal yet, which now I have some red flags I, about him. I find that so weird. He's a fourth round pick. If he was a first, maybe even a second round pick, I would have some questions, but he's a mid round pick. Now, now those character issues are starting to uh, pop their rear heads now, which that's yeah. sad because he seems so excited to be a brown and everything and oh he's got a dog in him well then sign the freaking contract because exactly. there's no negotiation and guess what maybe just maybe you can get more money later yeah Play like you're capable of but exactly. uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different we're going to talk about the other teams in cleveland um and more so MLB than anything else, because guess what, folks? I don't work in baseball right now. I can talk about this shit. So there, 
I can tell you what I think and feel right now. If I go back to baseball, who the fuck knows? I can tell you one thing. Jack knows where I interviewed the last week. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's just say from a football scouting standpoint, I am probably going to be as close as you can get to getting to know some of the top prospects in next year's NFL draft, including potentially the number one pick in the draft. The projected number one pick. The, the projected number one pick. Yes. Oh, um, wait, we can't say that. That's trademarked. They're going to come after us for uh, royalties now. Nah, it's all good. I got it covered. <laughs> <laughs> I got it covered one way or the other. If it goes south, who cares? They're going to look the other way and say, hey, thanks for coming down. Yeah, you are the one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I know people are going, wait, what? I know. Me too. That was my reaction when they said, hey, uh, you're interested in talking. The fuck? Okay. Uh, I don't know. Kind of an upgrade from where I was. So... I think it's an upgrade. Jack, what do you think? <laughs> Anything's better than being a rumble pony. Oh, don't be so harsh on them. Come on. They didn't treat me like total shit. Well, I mean, the Mets are harsh on them. They don't even send their uh, players on rehab assignments. What do you there. mean? Scherzer did. Scherzer was oh, there. Scherzer did. That's yeah, right. Did they, he give they them all send, AirPods? They send attendance record at Binghamton. Come on. Give them some credit. Yeah, he Congratulations. Did, okay. And he did give that. the team all airpods so that was pretty cool and, and i've heard rumors he he signed some stuff that they can auction off so that's even well, better so well, that's good that's make even that, better that's make that ownership better. group more money yeah that's awesome good for them good for them um i have no ill will towards them at all so uh well, anyways yeah no no ill will over here you know hey just didn't work out but anyways i uh, we are so i mean jack said this before because I mean, in baseball, all shits hit the fan. And I want to talk about it. Yes. But Jack said, you know, Alex, there's something I really need to talk about. And you want to go after a specific media member. No, not even to go at, not even going. Come on, him. Jack. No, come on. No, because I love that guy. I'm not well, going. So after do him. I. I just think it's ridiculous that the discussion point was brought up, not only on the radio, but on social media. Oh, come on. He needs to talk about something else other than Browns. Give him a break. Come on. Talk about the Guardians. Okay, fair. They're, fair. A, they're contending for a playoff spot right now, even fair, though it's only halfway fair, through the season. But he needs to fill in something other than Browns talking to Sean Watson 24-7. So okay. I, I'm going to give Kenny the benefit of the doubt. That's fair. Because and I know right now... What, the, the, there are people on social media that will say, hey, we got the pieces to trade for this guy. Maybe we should. Does it mean it's going to fit? No, it doesn't no. mean anything. I will say it, he would fit, but it's just like it's unrealistic. They're not. It's super they're not, unrealistic. They're not going all in for him. No, you don't go all in for that guy. No, and we're talking especially about Donovan Mitchell, especially so right know. now when you're probably going to get somebody back next year. Yes, because all signs are pointing towards that, right? Yeah, now. because guys, with the rumors of what happened with Jeannie Bus and, um everybody you know stopping things lebron's coming home well hey i got another thing i gotta tell you about that uh-oh uh-oh so, we breaking shit on this show um possibly whoa so lebron's 
tequila company and the name's escaping me it's like lobos 1707 or something like that they had a private party out in vegas it was you know clutch guys were there uh former Cavs assistant and former Cavs player damon jones was there but a basketball executive was there and and i have pictures to prove it it wasn't rob palenka alex you want to take a guess who the basketball executive was kobe yes kobe was there ah! and it, there's a picture of him and Rich Paul together that I've seen. And I sent it to one of my Cavs sources. And I was like, you want to explain this? And they were blown away by it. They had no idea. It was a because private event. Because Kobe is thinking five steps ahead on this. Well, Guys, that, and he's, that and he's worried about potential tampering. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. For all we know, they're talking about Colin Sex. As and he represented, and yes, it, that's how he that's is, how Kobe is gonna play it. We were Darius, talking about Colin Sexton. Well, that Smart. and that and Darius Garland was out in Vegas. They signed the big extension. True, true. So I mean, Darius Garland could have been there as well. But I mean, it's hard not to talk about that when he was talking about Darius and Sexton. He wasn't talking about LeBron. Rich Paul was probably saying, you know, LeBron would love to play with Darius Garland. Kobe would probably said, you know, I can't talk about that right now. I'm not getting in trouble, but you no. know, Kobe's you know, a, you know not Kobe, do it, it, whatever LeBron decides to do with his future is his decision. And, you know, mm -hmm. Cleveland will Cleveland's his home. We understand that. And, you know, we'll talk about if we have to cross that bridge one day, but right now we can't discuss that. That's what happened in Vegas folks. I mean, Nothing else happened, wink, wink, you know. Right, just like when LeBron and Magic spoke the summer before he went to L.A., nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. I mean, LeBron, I think, is pretty much fed up with the whole L.A. situation. Yeah, we and have one more hurdle to get through. Next month, he can, negotiations can open up for an extension. Yep. If they don't have Kyrie there, LeBron's not signing anything. And even if I think if Kyrie, if the trade does happen, I still don't think he's signing an extension. He wants to play with Kyrie, but I think he's going to keep all options open going into next summer, especially when half the league's going to have cap space. I think right LeBron now. wouldn't mind playing with a younger, better playmaking version of Kyrie. I would agree. And that'd be Darius Garland. Mm -hmm. And I think he would love a front court of Allen and Mobley. Like I've been saying, Abaji looks amazing. Yes. And looks to be like a spot up corner shooter, which LeBron loves those. Yes, he does. And, you know, you never know. Um, Okoro could turn it around and be a solid piece for the team. And you want to know what? Colin Sexton may sign a long term deal at a very cheap rate. I wouldn't. I know. I, it's probably going to be a one year, 13, 14 million dollars. I wouldn't be shocked at this point if he signs a qualifying offer. Which would be Fair bold, enough. which would be bold for him coming off the knee injury. But if you're not getting the offers you like, and we know how um, I, I could see the Cavs giving him like a one year 13, 14 to out of good faith, because yeah, again, you got to appease Rich Paul yes. to get into LeBron sweepstakes. I think and you have to keep the cap flexibility. You sign exactly. a multi-year deal. It goes out. Well, the if it's 13, 14 million a season for three years, I would totally do that. That's very reasonable. I still think that would hurt us cap wise. Okay. Going fine. Fair enough. Fair so enough. A one year deal. I think it's the best thing right now because then you still hold his bird rights. 
And if LeBron comes back, then you can sign Sexton to whatever you want. And he becomes yeah. your sixth guy off the bench or whatever. And that'd be amazing for LeBron to have a young cast like that, that he's never had that can score like they do. I think he had something similar to that when he arrived in LA and they traded all for Anthony Davis this time around. If we're really being real here, LeBron doesn't have to move really any pieces. No. He doesn't have to. He may be able to say, you know, we should just move this one to get another bona fide star in here. But it's not like you're trading everything away to get one guy. It could be just filling in the pieces. I mean, I think Mobley is that big three of the big three there. And Allen is an outstanding role piece with a LeBron here. And Abaji could be a three and D guy that LeBron loves like a Danny green type. We said Garland. I mean, Sexton, if he were to stay long-term would be the Jamal Crawford of this. And LeBron would love something like that. Almost like a, a ball handling version of J.R. Smith, which yeah. would just be insane for LeBron to think about. Oh, by the way, he probably would tell his good friend, Kevin love just, sign a cheap extension and i know. think love would do that too yeah plus so, you would have marking in off the bench as another bingo. shooter um LeVert would probably deepest, go elsewhere it would, it would be the deepest team lebron has ever worked with potentially, potentially. i mean that's seven the year after the championship that 17 16 17 calves were pretty deep because they won like yeah. 12 straight in the playoffs but yeah i mean but it but like the bench and can they're go one through ten yeah the and bench can go one through ten which is insane to even think about right and you know they're still developing guys so you never know but the donovan mitchell stuff i mean you talked about it we've talked about it briefly i don't see the point in going all in on donovan mitchell what has he done in the playoffs to warrant me going all in if it were damian lillard and Mm. Not even no no no, no 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 oh. no if if it meant I could you're just matching him. the players yeah if it was a Damian yeah, okay. Lillard type you know like even Damian Lillard now I would consider more so than Donovan Mitchell yeah. because he's proven it I mean there are guys that are better suited that if they were available on the market I'd go get them yeah simply because they've done it in the play. Like if Jimmy Butler, even though he's aging, I go for him. If Jalen Brown, I'm not going to say he's an all in guy, but he's a guy I would try to trade for. Obviously not the same price, but you get the point. Right. Kevin Durant. Yes. I go all in. Even now. Yeah. 34. Even now, even now he's he's, still, I'd argue if you can get his head on straight Kyrie, but that's the big question. If you can get his head on straight. I mean, he's even skipping out on the Drew League, which is, I mean, there's, uh, there's conflicting reports. But, yeah, I mean, you say you're going to play and then you don't show up. Like, I mean, you saw the T-Wolves go all in to what they did for Rudy freaking Gobert. Right. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That price tag was insanity. Mm-hmm. I and mean, the rumored tag for Mitchell is insanity. But team desperate teams do stuff like this. That's why the Knicks are the... You, you mean the New York Knicks? Yeah. You mean 
You mean James Dolan's about to chase his white bird? Leon Rose, Worldwide West. I mean, it's the, if, they're desperate. If you, if you understood the white bird reference, I applaud you. I applaud you. Only like five people are going to understand that reference. I'm Just look it up. James okay. Dolan, white bird. <laughs> Me too. It's no, amazing. It's, it's not even only local. Zach Lowe mentioned it on his podcast. He mentioned them as like a dark horse team, like under the radar team. But when he mentions the price for Mitchell that the Cavs would have to give up, it was Karis LeVert, Lori Markinen, Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osman. We would get um, Bohan Bogdanovich back in the deal as well. But he said the Cavs have to give up 2025, 2027, and 2029. Goodbye. Mitchell is not a – that's my thing with Donovan Mitchell. He's not a guy – Teams get one shot to go. I'm all gonna in be for honest. You know who I think should go him. after him. You know who I think should. Boston. Hmm. No, I'm serious. Put Brogdon on the bench. Give up Jalen Brown. Freaking put him. I would rather Jaylen have Jalen Brown. Brown. No, put him with Jalen Brown. I'm you talking mean, about. I'm sorry. You said Jason Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. Tatum. Really? Put him with Jason Tatum. Put him with Jason Tatum and let them go. Put them together. Holy freaking crap. That's scary. That's probably the scariest two-headed monster that you're going to face. Like, who are you guarding? They can both drop 40 on you. So you're saying Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell together? Yes. I think, yeah. I could see where t- where people would say trade Jalen Brown in a package for Donovan Mitchell. That's what but I'm saying. Then, no, 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 no. No, you trade Jalen Brown to go get Donovan Mitchell and oh. pair him with Jason Tatum. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying trade Jason Tatum. No, 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 no. I was no. about to say. Like, I want to like, team Tatum and Mitchell together. I could, yeah. I don't that know. Would Jaylen, be, that would be I w- dangerous. I wouldn't do that because Jalen Brown was the consistent one of the duo in the finals. That's why, like, when Bill Simmons – and other people were like, well, I wouldn't. They were talking about trading Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. I was like, why don't you trade Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant? Kobe mentality. Because Kevin Durant will show up. And even like, I don't know what other teams could really pull it off. It's really been Miami and the Knicks are the only two teams mentioned for Donovan Mitchell right now. Can we get Toronto in the mix, please? That was <laughs> another team that Zach Lowe mentioned, but you're giving up OG Ananobi. Um, probably and I still Scotty think that, Barnes. Yeah. Well, see, I think Scotty Barnes is a guy you would trade for Kevin Durant. I don't think you. Yeah. And if they want Donovan Scotty Mitchell. Barnes for Donovan Mitchell. No, I want to pair, you know, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Donovan Mitchell, Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Woo! That might be as scary as any team in the league. Yeah. And that's, that's why where- I think Toronto is still a dark horse for Durant. Because if you give up uh, Ananobi and Barnes and I whatever other think, filler. I still think, I don't know when the deadline was for eight. Wasn't that this weekend? Yeah, that's already, he signed. Like once he signed the offer sheet, Phoenix matched quickly. So, okay. So still. That would have made sense to a degree too. Flipping Aiton to Utah and filler to get Mitchell and pairing and up I with Booker. I still think and, Phoenix is still trying to find a way to get Katie. I don't think so. I think that ship sailed once they matched Aiton's deal. That's and Aiton wasn't going to Brooklyn. That's a mistake. So that was, That's yeah. a mistake. 
let's look at Phoenix has been a joke. I mean, they went to the finals, but Robert Sarver, hopefully he's not the owner much longer. Hopefully that investigation marks him guilty and forces him to sell, but Phoenix does Phoenix. Yeah, that, that's things. sad. I mean, it's looking very likely that Katie and uh, Kyrie are going to have to go back to Brooklyn. Yeah, for now. <laughs> that is not good. That is not good, folks. Yeah. Um. Anywho, uh, yeah, but I just don't think the Cavs are in on Donovan Mitchell. They're done no. for the offseason. I'm going to say this. You all are going to hate me. I don't expect anything more out of the Cavs next year. I expect what they did this year or less because the bar is set very high for a team that made no real improvements outside of Abaji, and the rest of the conference got better. And for me, I'm tampering my expectations to being a playing team or just missing the plane and going into the lottery, which I would not hate going into the lottery next year so that I have my first round pick again. And I know a lot of people are saying, Alex, you're obsessed with draft picks. No, this is a young team that could get LeBron in a year. And you could use that pick to either build something around potentially getting LeBron or move it to get something to entice LeBron to come back. Or... Or if you get really lucky one more time, you can say, LeBron, we love you. But uh, yeah, there's this uh, Victor guy. Um, we have the Big number v. one pick. Uh, we don't have a space for you anymore. God damn it. I got to stay with that way. And then Pat Riley is like, come home, Bronny. Come home, my son. And Jimmy Butler's like, what the fuck? I got to play with LeBron now? Damn it. Trade me. Well, I'm looking at a 2023 mock right now. They have us 12th, taking a 6-7 guard from Arkansas, who's supposed to have a really good team. Like, they... Eric Musselman, you trust Brexville They guys. brought in some, like, big-time recruits. Yeah, because Eric Musselman's a Brexville guy. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. We bees real, know what we're doing. Real quick. The 2023 draft, Alex, the top four prospects might not be college players. I know. That's how crazy this draft's going to be. Because you have, it's be amazing. You have Victor, need- who's coming over from France, Scoot Henderson, who's in the G League Ignite, and then you have the two Thompson twins, which from all accounts, they're both really good, and they're already handling themselves like professionals, the way they interview, the way they handle business. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. They, it is insane. And, and um, Adam Silver's talking about lowering the age limit again. So it's coming to a point where, you know, Wait, these, are we drafting Bronny? Is he going to be an NBA prospect? I've heard I mean, he's gotten better. I've heard rumors that he's actually improved his stock a little bit. Yeah. I mean, his ranking in the high school stuff went down, but I've heard he over the better. summer, he's actually improved a little bit. Well, there's the still other rumors he... I heard they'll get even better. No, great. I've heard things about Bryce and Bronny. Are they coming back to St. V? That was the rumors I've heard last month. What? And I heard these, I heard these back at All-Star Weekend, which I think I told you. And I always check in and they're always wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. LeBron's pissed at the Lakers. He Rich Paul and Kobe Altman were together in Vegas. 
Ronnie and Bryce are going to St. Vincent, no. St. Mary, potentially. Potentially, yeah. But I've also heard I that mean, LeBron and Savannah like being in Los Angeles. Okay, you can have two homes. Right. Well, they do. But, I mean, they're going to do what I think if the kids want to come home, they'll make it work. I mean, obviously, they can still have their base in Los Angeles. But, of course, when LeBron yeah. owns the team, he's going to mostly work out of L.A. It's okay. Probably. It's okay, LeBron. We don't care. D Podesta we, does we, it for the Browns. Hey, 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 LeBron. I, I just want to tell you, dude, I totally understand when you retire, you want to be in LA when it's in the winter. I, I yeah. don't blame you at all. Right. Just in the summer when we're in the off season, when you own the team one day, just come back every once in a while and just, uh, you know, do your rounds and, uh, you know, oversee the team and, just make some trips to the area and help some of the businesses out here. And, you know, Hey, we're good. We're good. I don't care. Drinks on everybody. You know, LeBron, you have to pay for a drink when you're back. Okay. There you go. You don't give a shit anymore. We got a title because of you drinks on the house. <laughs> Foods on the house for Christ's sake. You shouldn't have to pay for a meal at that point. And he goes to the hall of fame as a Cavalier, which if I'm not mistaken, he would be the first to technically go in as a cab, like primarily as a cab. Yeah, I would. I mean, no Nance, one else. Nance, Nance was primarily a 76er or Nance, a Suns player. Nance didn't go in no. the Hall of Fame. Oh, he didn't? The oh, only didn't. one tied to the Cavs is hmm. Nate Thurman, and he was a, yeah. like a role guy by the time he got here. Yeah, so LeBron would technically be the first one. So you don't have to pay for anything, LeBron. The first of several calves that'll be going in the Hall of Fame. But not primarily, probably. Kevin Love will go in primarily as a calf. Probably. Kyrie, Kyrie is up for debate. At this point, Kyrie would be primarily a calf. If he yeah. doesn't win a championship anywhere else and he's bouncing from team to team, he didn't stay with Boston long enough. He'll have some excuse like, I'm going no, in, no, I'm going no, in as me. Kyrie, screw that. You want a title with us? Don't discredit it. Don't make us send JR after you. Because JR Smith is crazy. What's JR the soup Smith? of the day? Watch. Shump and JR will go, will do a pod going like that bitch Kyrie. You know, why the freak would he just do that to us? Shump what? won't do that. Shump and Bruce. Kyrie are like that. Sh- yeah, Shump can't do it totally. Yeah, Shump. We'll just have we'll just wait for Channing and RJ to do something like that. Oh God, they will roast him. Oh my God. They will t- say the most embarrassing Kyrie stories at that point. Be like, you'll discredit the 2016 camps. Fuck you. Lil Kev's gonna come after you now. They'll actually find a way to get actual little Kev at Kev's in induction into the hall one day i guarantee you they're gonna find a way oh yeah rj and channing will find a way to sneak that son of a gun in and go like hey kevin you know it'd be funny if he went up instead of you <laughs> and he they'll, walks up to the- <laughs> they'll just have it on the screen they'll on the screen behind kevin when he's giving a speech you'll just see the little kev it would be amazing it'd be one of the greatest moments in the He'll be laughing so hard. He'll be crying like Jordan. Yeah. I love my teammates, man. Love them. But anywho, uh, let's move away from basketball because all hell has broken loose in baseball. My God. Okay. I just want to say this for the record. You all want to bitch about, oh, 
The Guardians are the only team that can't extend their players. Oh, every star, we let them go and they don't sign here. Well, the Washington Nationals, who have signed some of the bigger contracts in baseball history, uh, Max Scherzer being one of them, they offered a 15-year, $440 million contract to Juan Soto. And he said no. Now. The annual value, I understand Soto's debate here, and it was backloaded, may not have been worth it. But he turned down the richest contract in baseball history. Well, let's talk about who his agent is, too, by the way. Scott Boris. Okay, yes, we understand it's Scott Boris. Scott Boris asked for the most money no matter what the case. I don't blame him. That's his freaking job. You all can hate Scott Boris, and I hate him with every fiber of my body because – in ways, I feel like he's made the game based off of two or three markets, and that's complete bullshit. But he's doing his job. I can't blame the man for doing his job. And he gets the best deal possible every freaking time. Right. He's like Drew Rosenhaus in football. He's like, oh, Rich no, Paul he's with the NBA. Don't, don't put Drew Rosenhaus just in Scott Boris territory. I'm just comparing, though. I know, but. Not even Rosenhaus gets. He's like Rich Paul, though. I mean, look at that's that's a fair comp. That's a fair comp. Rich Paul has always get the best deal, like Rich Paul. That's a more fair comparison, right? Rosenhaus, I think, has lost his touch. But anyways, uh, so Juan Soto now is apparently available for trade talks. Yes. Now, Jack, I was on his North Coast uh, sportscast uh, talking about the trade deadline. I'm going to be doing my own trade uh, talk uh, on probably after further review, or I might just sneak it on here for fun. Who knows? Um, But anyways, I used uh, baseball trade values, which Jeff Passan finally gave some recognition to uh, this past week to kind of give people an idea of how tough it's going to be to trade for Juan Soto. Now, I put out a tweet that there are only a handful of teams that can really do this. One is the guardians. I understand. Are you really going, do you, I'm not saying anything wrong about Dolan. I want to say that right now. I'm not saying a damn thing. Do you really think Dolan is going to not the money, but hand out a 15 year contract? No, he's not. Nor, nor should any small market tie themselves down to one player for 15 years. We saw how that's worked with Detroit and Miguel Cabrera. It has not worked well outside of maybe a couple of years when, you know, Mr. I was dying and he spent all that he had to try to win a World Series and they didn't win any. I mean, if he had won one, it would have been worth it. But when you don't win any you kind of don't look good at the end of it, especially if you're a small market, because at some point you're losing so much that you have to cut costs. And then when you cut costs, you don't have as good of a product and then you suck for a long time. And now they're spending a shitload of money on Javier Baez and Javier Baez is playing like shit. So they may have not saying they have, they may have done it a second time locking themselves down 
to a bad long-term contract. I don't think the Dolans would ever give out a 15-year contract. I mean, the Jose extensions, what, six years? I mean, that's it. And that's, and from what has been now reported and what I can confirm, Lindor wanted a 10-plus year contract. The Guardians were willing to give about eight. It wasn't the money. It was the length. Sound familiar? Like the Jim Tomey situation? It wasn't the money. It was the length. They don't hold themselves down to long-term money because it can bring down the product, especially when the, when the piece is not performing. So when you lock up a guy like Jose for six years, you're betting on at least half of that contract. At least he's going to be productive. And if that's the case, it's a win. It doesn't matter what happens after that. As long as he's performed for half, if not more, preferably more the contract, and you can get out by a certain point where you can start spending again, then you've done a good job on the extension. Juan Soto, there are so many unknown factors here over 15 freaking years. So, Jack, I'm going to ask you, what was your reaction when you heard um, the Juan Soto contract and him becoming suddenly available for the trade deadline? I mean, it was crazy, like, you know, because I get the tweet notifications from Ken Rosenthal and I like seeing that and I'm like, he turned down what? Like, I understand, like, the length and the annual uh, average value, but I'm like, $440 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money to pass up. And I know he is two years away from free agency. He's probably looking at half a billion if he holds – I mean, he stays steady and continues his historic start to his career that he'll get that money. But it's like a career – an injury like that could alter everything. Yep. It's a big gamble by him and a big gamble by Scott Boris – um, but this is a pretty big shakeup because there wasn't any really big names for the trade deadline yet. We talked about some of them on, on my podcast, but yep. this is a big shakeup now. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next two weeks. And I didn't realize the deadline's August 2nd instead of July 31st. This oh, year. yeah. So yeah. It changed it two changed. extra days to make potential deals. So this is a big shakeup and I'm anxious to see what teams are going to be willing to pay up if the nationals are really willing to pay him now or trade him now. And I feel like they would because he's at his peak value. And we yeah, remember this with the Lindor. To. Yes, we, they have we, to. They have we remember this with the Lindor trade. We thought he was going to get traded two years before he ended up getting traded with a year. Left. I wanted that. I, it, I remember being the one person in the world that said I would do Wander Franco for Francisco Lindor straight up. Yeah. How smart would I have looked? If we had just done that, I mean, yes, you wouldn't have Andre Simenez and yes, Wander Franco would be hurt right now, but let's put into effect last year. How smart would I have looked? Pretty smart. Pretty damn smart. And even before his injury, he was playing fairly well. Plus I think in our stadium compared to Tropicana, he play a ton better. So, all right. So like I said on Twitter, uh, there are only a handful of teams that can make this work. But the key is Patrick Corbin taking on that contract because on trade baseball values, you're looking at a $193 million value on Juan Soto alone. You're talking about giving up just to match that on trade ba baseball trade values. 
you're looking at giving up like your top seven, eight prospects. So you have to take on money. So I've already done calculations to begin with, and I'm adding one more team to this list of reasonable teams that could pull this off. So I have the Orioles, the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Mets, which you can cross that off. They're not trading them in division. The Cardinals, the Giants, the Guardians, and the Mariners. Those are the only teams I can see creating a package that can do it. Now, what I've done is I've gone into the simulator already, and I also have one that is so insane, so freaking insane, but yet it makes so much sense. And I sent it to Jack, and I know you think I'm insane, but I don't think I'm that crazy for it. I'm not as crazy as you think. Anywho, so I got the five trades. I'm going to go into all of this. So the first trade is my personal pick for favorite. Now, Jack, I want to hear from you. Who do you have as the pick? I know you've told me who you think it is. Tell me who you think is going to be the one that can and will get uh, Juan Soto. And it's not one of the teams you mentioned. I thought it was the Los Angeles Dodgers because they have money coming off the books this year. David Price's contract's coming up. Trey Turner's, even though I think they'll find a way to bring him back. Um, Clayton Kershaw and Craig Kimbrell. That's a bunch of money. Plus, whenever the Trevor Bauer thing gets resolved, that money's off the books for them. So you got money freed up. That's you already fair. have you have Mookie Betts in right field, but I'm pretty sure Juan Soto can play in left. You pair them up with the rest of the pieces on that team. They have a farm system, which you disagree. They got some notable names there. Well, no, they have the pieces. It's not even a fact of if they have the pieces. They do. Does it work for the Nationals? Is where I and that, question that's, it. That's the big question. So yeah, because I do think I do think it's the Dodgers. But the more I was reading and listening, San Diego Padres make too much sense too. So the reason why I don't like the Dodgers is they already got their catcher and Kybert Ruiz. Right. They're going to take Diego Cartea too. Like I love Bobby Miller. I God, that's a guy that can be an ace. But you're talking about Bobby Miller. Um. Gavin Lux and Pache or uh, it's not pages, but Pahez or whatever his name is number four outfielder prospect, uh, countless others. And yet I don't think it matches up for what the nationals want in return. I think if they got Carte and all that stuff, they'd be happy. I think they would probably love to flip Cartea for like, I'm just going to, throw an idea out there let's say the marlins wanted in and wanted cartea and they were willing to give up khalil watson hypothetically okay then now we're talking because you're giving up one top prospect for another that fits more of what you're looking for the only way i think the dodgers works is if it's a three-way deal where the Nationals get more of the pieces they want back. And again, some people may say, well, that's something that Antonetti likes to do. You're not wrong. But you're talking about giving up assets that you have for 
assets from another team and yeah, there are too many moving pieces to make that work. So I don't think the Guardians will ever be involved in any of this. I will tell you, we'll start with that trade. If you want to know what it would take for the Guardians to get them, number one, you have to take on Patrick Corbin. Number two, you're going to have to extend Juan Soto like the second he arrives. Like, have the, tell Boris, what do you want? This is it. Okay, give us the contract. Signed. You signed. Okay, cool. We're done. Like, basically give in. But here is the price tag. Just saying, what do you, real quick, what do you think the, it would be like 15 for 500 or what do you think the 15, 550, Woo. 15, 550 and a small market team would have to probably do deferred money for years. Yeah. I, I, which I'm, Washington wasn't doing and they've been known which, to do that, which, which I'm talking Bobby Bonia esque, And that's 36.6 million per year. On Bingo. Average. Yep. That's exactly what they're looking for. Maybe even more, maybe 600. I wouldn't be shocked. That's 40 million a year. I wouldn't be shocked. He wants 40 million a year. So, all right, here's the price tag for the Guardians. So, hope everybody's sitting down. Gavin Williams, George Valera, Brian Rocchio, Logan Allen, Daniel Espino. All five. All five. No, absolutely not. Oh, it's Espino our and Williams. Right Espino and Williams are the future of this rotation. Valera, I think, is gonna be a 30 homer guy. Rocchio's your future shortstop, I think, with Jimenez at short. Logan Allen, I think, is your back end starter in the future. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And this is not a win now team right now. This is not the situation to do with it. So I don't see the value of going for it. I sent Jack a better trade offer that I can get similar production, similar production at a lesser cost where I give up Gavin Williams, Oscar Gonzalez, Tyler Freeman, Gabriel Arias and Logan Allen in exchange for Brian Reynolds. Mm -hmm. I don't mind doing that because Reynolds has similar control and is an outfielder has a good bat has hit well in a crappy lineup. Can you imagine what he does in a competent lineup? You are getting, and he's got better speed than so I think he plays better defense than Soto does. Yeah. So, you're getting a more all-around talent, maybe not the same power, but you're getting a similar production kind of guy to fortify for Jose and other pieces, and you're not giving up the Valeras, the Espinos, the Rokios. I mean, if I can keep those three, okay, Gavin Williams is going to break my heart a little bit, and you know some of the others, it's going to sting, but... Shit, I'm getting Brian Reynolds. And he's more likely to sign long-term here than so. Yes, be. and I'm going to pair him with Valera and Quan. You know what? I think my outfield's pretty set. Oh, yeah. oh, and I have a couple of other guys I didn't trade. Will Brennan. I didn't trade him either. So if he turns into a stud, guess what? 
I have options still in the outfield. I can draft more pitching and develop it. They got a ton of other ones in the lower levels that could be just as good. They keep churning out pitchers. That's fine. It'll suck for a minute. And then a year or two, we're going to have another couple really good ones. And everybody's going to be raving about them and not wanting to trade them either. Reynolds fits. I'd rather go for him. And I, and I actually am curious, does the Soto market for how much people want to go after him, do the Pirates now say, you know what? You could go get Soto. And he's going to cost you a shit ton. And Reynolds is going to cost you a lot. But he's not going to cost you as much. See, I'm not going to ask for your top four prospects. I'm going to ask for two of your top four prospects, but I'm not asking for all four. And if I'm a GM, I make the same argument that I just said. Better defensively, more speed, not as much power, but similar production. You want to know what, Pittsburgh, can we talk? I mean, it's worth the conversation. And if you can't come to a deal, fine. And I know Pittsburgh doesn't want to hear about rebuilding longer, but I wonder now, does that open up the conversations for Brian Reynolds with other teams? Like, I didn't mention the Yankees as a team. And the rumor is the Yankees are out on Ben Attendee. Do the Yankees call Pittsburgh? They've made deals with them recently. Would they explore the idea? Right. It would cost a lot but it wouldn't cost him Volpe might cost him Dominguez, but it won't cost him Volpe who they love. Mm-hmm. Maybe that opens that market back up. Who knows? So if you're the pirates, you're probably sitting there going like, well, I don't have to trade Bednar, even though everybody wants them but I could rake in a shitload of prospects if I move both of them right now. And especially Reynolds, because I got the cheaper alternative, which means I might be able to get a little bit more from another team because I'm not making you pay Soto's price. Just thought guys, just a thought, but here we go. Jack, are you ready for this, man? Yes, sir. All right. You say the Padres now are your pick right now, correct? I would say that they're they're up there for sure. All right. So I got five other trades. So we'll end with the Padres. Okay. We'll do that. We'll start with the Giants, who I think very much should get involved. If they're serious about winning, go get Juan Soto and extend this guy. That's your new Barry Bonds. Jesus Christ. Him hitting the ball in the McCovey Cove every day. God, that's going to be the biggest attraction since Barry Bonds has left. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Those World Series teams got nothing on this. Soto hitting balls in McCovey Cove is something we kind of need. And there is a way to do it. It is a very, very steep price. And I got to pull up their entire farm system because there are a ton of prospects that they move in this deal. Like a ton. So you're talking about number one. You're getting Corbin and Soto. All these deals involve Corbin. You could do Strasburg. The only team that I think would ever do Strasburg is the Yankees. But I don't buy the Nationals are going to trade Strasburg. 
And I don't know if it's that easy to do it. So yeah, I just don't think they'd move both. So Corbin and Soto, which is a value of 139.1 million. The Nationals get the following. Marco Luciano, who I would say would be in any deal possible. This kid is one of my favorite prospects in all of the minors. He's probably going to be a third baseman. He has 280 upside with 30 home run power. This guy is going to be a middle of the order bat, solid fielder, good arm. We don't think the glove is going to hold up at short, probably better at third and has a good arm to hold up there. But his bat, he's got a 30 homer bat and he'll hit for solid average. So that's a guy who's going to be the centerpiece of this deal. Uh, You have their number two prospect, Kyle Harrison, a lefty pitcher, uh, third round pick in 2020, who has developed very, very well uh, for them. Good fastball, good slider, both plus pitches, good control has been dominant this year in the minors. He's up to double a right now, but he has been, outstanding for them and is a guy that's going to have to be involved in any trade as well. Then the third one, we're training their number three prospect to Luis Matos, the outfielder prospect who has not had a great year, but he's still very projectable. So teams are still going to think highly of him. Also their number four prospect, Will Bednar, a right-handed pitcher, who is in the lower levels right now, has not had a good year, was their first-round pick last year, but he's got plus-plus pitches, like three-plus-plus pitches, and he's got good control as well. He is David's brother, the Pirates' closer, and I think Will could end up being better than his brother and will be a starter. We also gave up the number five prospect as well, Helio Ramos. I just gave up my top five prospects just to be in the ballpark for this. And then I traded my number 10 prospect, a 19-year-old shortstop, Averson Artiega, who is very high upside, very high upside. I'm fascinated with this kid. He has the ability to stay at short, and has the ability to be a very good player in the future if he develops over the next couple of years. I think he could be. This is just me. If he develops properly, he'll be a top 25 prospect in all of baseball in a couple of years if he develops properly. You're giving up six of your top 10 prospects to pull this off. Jack, I would like your reaction for this. I want your reaction for every trade for this. I mean, I don't know the prospects as well as you do, but, like, it's crazy to me. Like, these teams are going to have to give up literally their entire farm system to get Soto, which he is – I mean, people are comparing him to Ted Williams in terms of a hitter. You obviously have to extend him if you trade – if you've got your farm system for this guy. But, like, with the Giants, if they want to be – like you said, if they want to be serious about competing with the Padres and the Dodgers in this division, this is the type of move they have to sell their fan base on. To say, hey, yep. we are legit about competing for World because, Series. We're, you have to do this. Because like you said, if the Padres end up getting them, what's the freaking point in San Francisco? Right. You just won the division last year. And like in an 
unbelievable run. And you really have not done much to build off it outside of a one-year deal with Carlos Rodon. You let Kevin Gaussman walk. Joey Bart has not played to expectations. And you pretty much brought back the same team. Now you throw in him, Juan Soto. Holy crap, this changes everything. Yeah. Because now the Padres don't get him. Now the Padres are going to panic. Because they have good pitchers, Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon. Now, all of a sudden, you're back in the mix. If you make a couple more small trades here and there, fill things out, you might be able to make a World Series run. Mm -hmm. Not kidding. They could be a World Series contender with this kind of move. Would you like a shortstop? Uh, I'll wait. You trade all your prospects. Okay, no Ahmed Rosario for you. <laughs> Sorry, you're stuck with Brandon Crawford. You trade everything I needed. Sorry, you lose. All right. The next team is the Seattle Mariners. You know, years ago, they had a left-handed batter who patrolled the outfield in Seattle. And they couldn't lock him down to a long-term deal. And he went home to Cincinnati by the name of Ken Griffey Jr. All these years later, how fitting could it be that you get that kind of player and immediately extend them? Resolving all of the demons of the past. And you're about to make your first playoff berth in 20 years. 21. 21 years. You have to be in on this Seattle. I'm dead freaking serious. I will be pissed if you don't get in on this and pair Julio Rodriguez with Juan Soto. Have Julio in right, Juan in left. I don't give a crap who's in center. You're fine. Right. Like, this is a World Series move. You want to win your first World Series? Go freaking do this. And I'm dead serious. I think Seattle's in the mix. Very quietly in the mix. But here is the price. And let me pull up their list as well for top prospects so you get a better understanding of what this price tag is. So, to start, they are giving up their number one prospect. Novel, Noel Vi Marte, the shortstop prospect, I think no matter what trade it is, I think the Nationals want a shortstop because they don't really – they have Brady House. I'm not high on him like others are. They may want a more proven one and maybe move Brady over to third. And Carter Kaboom has not lived up to any expectations, so move on from him. But you get Marte. And George Kirby, the starting pitcher who just graduated to the majors. So you get a young starter with control. Also, you need an outfielder for right now to patrol. Why not give Jared Kalenic the at-bats he needs? Why not? Why not give this kid a chance? And also put Kyle Lewis on this team as well. Give them some major league ready guys that can play with control. And now you have Marte and Kirby. You have a lot more major league ready guys here. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in Zach Deloke, 
the outfielding prospect who's in double A, who seems to be a solid prospect. And you have a trade that actually matches perfectly in value. And if I'm Seattle, I do this without questioning. I have other pitchers in my system. Logan Gilbert looks to be the real deal. I still have Matt Brash. I still have Emerson Hancock. I still have Levi Stout. I could draft one tonight and really set myself up. You still have Harry Ford. They're only really giving up major league guys with control in this trade. That's the beauty of this. You still have your whole farm system outside of Marte. That's not terrible. And if I'm Seattle, I'm a fool if I don't do this. And yes, Patrick Corbin's pitched like crap, but I don't think he wouldn't be a bad number five starter in Seattle. I don't think it wouldn't be a bad thing. Just take on the money. You paid Robinson Cano a stupid contract. You can do this. Make up for the past. Do it, Seattle. Your fan base deserves it. Jack, your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, Seattle definitely deserves this. They're having a good season. Obviously, Julio Rodriguez is uh, the talk of baseball. Uh, Excited to see him in the Derby Monday night. Um, The Athletic had a deal similar to yours when they were putting together uh, potential trades. Uh, Marte was in the deal. Uh, Kelnick was in the deal as well. Kalenic, but they also – but they had – Emerson Hancock and uh, Jonathan Classe were the so other two guys in their deal. Hancock and Classe are lower values. It would not work. Uh, they wouldn't even be close. Okay. They would not even be close. So, okay. so sorry, Seattle beat writer. Uh, you need to use this because this baseball trade values is based off of algorithms major league teams use to evaluate trades. This is based off of stuff. And They've shown in the past with past trades, they have like past ones like Arnado, Lindor, all these others, they match up the values. They do match. So it's not like this is bullshit. It's proven. The algorithm works. So it's not crazy. So, all right. The Mariners. Now, the next one is an interesting one because. I would say outside of the Padres, this is the most dangerous team in the sweepstakes because they couldn't match the price in two players, just two. And that's the Cardinals. If they gave up Dylan Carlson and their number one prospect, Jordan Walker, the third base prospect, all they would have to do is give up just a lesser prospect and it matches. But Because of that, you don't have to give up both, really. Or if you decide to, my idea is a little bit better. Because St. Louis doesn't normally spend, spend like everybody else. And they would need some money back in order to extend Soto. So they need money back on the Corbin contract but they have a very deep farm system. In my opinion, you have Matthew Libertor, who's going to be graduating Yvonne Herrera, who I'm not as high on as others, but I like him. Mason Wynn, I'm sky high on Josh Baez, Michael McGreevy, Alec Thompson, I mean, Zach Thompson, Alec Burleson. You have guys, but in this trade, 
They give up Dylan Carlson and Jordan Walker. They also give up Michael McGreevy, the top pitching prospect, and Josh Baez. So you kept Libertor, you've kept Herrera, you've kept Wynn, and you even kept Burleson, who's tearing it up this year and looks to be a guy for the future for them. In exchange, you get Corbin, Soto, and some cash to pay Corbin's contract, and it's a fairly equal value trade. So now you're looking at a trade like this where the Cardinals give up Dylan Carlson, who's a great hitter, but now you put Juan Soto in that lineup with Arenado and Goldschmidt. I'm just saying, if Albert Pujols ever had a chance to go out on top, this is it. This is it. Go do it. Put those three in a lineup together. Good night, everybody. Good night. What's the point of playing? I mean, as long as they could maybe get a Jose Quintana or even Syndergaard cheap, shit. The Cardinals would be my pick to win the World Series. I mean, Harrison Bader in center field to cover, you know, Soto's incapability of playing the outfield sometimes. And then you kept Tyler O'Neill, and now you got Goldschmidt, uh, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, Yachty behind the plate. Jesus! Cardinals win the World Series. Not even close. You're the Cardinals. Do this. And here's the thing. A lot of your young core and the players you've acquired in past deals are already locked up. Yep. So you would be the favorite to win for probably the next two to three years at least while Goldschmidt and Arenado are still in their primes or at least are slightly declining. So you're talking about potentially creating the scariest team in the NL, not name the Dodgers, and would easily take them down, I think. I think they'd easily beat them. As long as they have the pitching, they'd easily take them down. Jack, your thoughts on the Cardinals trade here? I would actually like this, not just because one of my buddies is a diehard Cardinals fan, fan from Missouri, but like you mentioned, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Soto together. What a dangerous trio in a lineup. Only second, I think, to another team you're going to mention, adding Soto to a potential trio. That would be, I think, even more dangerous. But what a great deal. Soto, like we talked about him, like being compared to Ted Williams, going to one of the classic baseball franchises in St. Louis, pairing him up with two other superstars, and they would definitely be a World Series favorite, which I would not mind because it's Pulhos's farewell year. Like, seeing him go out on top, like, that would be friggin' awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I got to tell you, man, I mean, I would love this trade. I mean, like, this is a near-perfect trade if you're um, – the nationals Mm -hmm. you're yeah. You got to pay a little bit of money. You're getting Jordan Walker, who is going to be a stud at the next level. You're getting Dylan Carlson, who's a stud and a guy you can lock up. You're getting Michael McGreevy, which I think he can be a middle, maybe number two pitcher. And if you can fix Josh Baez's strikeout problems, you got a guy in the outfield that can hit 30 home runs. It's a very good trade 
for now and the future. But I think Walker is going to be just a superstar when he gets up to the majors. He's just seeing too well for his level. And then the fourth trade and the fifth one, I will say the fifth trade is insanity. The fifth trade is Laurel and Sandy, but I want y'all to hear me out because it kind of makes sense. Anywho, the Padres. This trade I would do all day, no hesitation if I'm the Padres. I wouldn't even think. Corbin and Soto, Abrams, Gore, Hassel, Zavala. Do it. Just do it. There is no excuse in my eyes that the Padres have been hoarding prospects for years and they they just keep falling short. They just keep falling short. Screw it. I know Mackenzie Gore looks great. Screw it. I know Abrams is a top guy and he could be a superstar. Screw it. I know Hassel looks amazing and is one of the more intriguing prospects in all the minors. Screw it. Go get Soto. You need an outfielder right now. Go freaking get him. You put him in this lineup and Tatis returns to form after his injury. You still have, by the way, Campusano, Wood, Merrill. You still have other guys in the minor leagues. Gasser, couple of others. You still have a solid, a solid prospect base to work with. Holy shit. I would say the Padres would run away with the division. They would be re-energized. You're talking about Machado, Tatis, and Soto? Like, what the hell? Oh, by the way, Jake Cronenworth, if he can turn around, uh, what's his name? Grisham. I mean, Nola behind the plate. And they already have a great rotation. I mean, it's not like you don't have you, Darvish, you know, and others. And you know what? I trust their pitching coach. Yes, he's from Cleveland, but he's a great mind that he can fix Patrick Corbin a little bit. And guess what? If he does, y'all are screwed. Like the Dodgers won't know what to do. And this is the ultimate stick it to the Dodgers move. Oh, you got Trey Turner and Scherzer last year. Well, fuck you. We got Juan Soto. Right. It will be the hottest ticket in town. It'll be worth every freaking penny. You lock him up with Tatis, and these two are going to be playing together their entire careers. And like, Machado. It, it, true. And the rumor is they may move Tatis to center. Like, Hassan Kim has played well at short and plays better defensively. I mean, it could be one of the best teams in baseball for the next five years as long as you got the pitching and they'll pay for it you will have a team that will be competing for a world series every freaking year go do this san diego there is no excuse stop jacking it in san diego and go get juan soto jack your thoughts i mean this this would be the other big time move outside of him going to the Dodgers would be him going to the Padres combining him with Machado and Tatis when he comes back from injury would be insane. I know, like you said, they've been hoarding these prospects forever. Like 
Preller let Soto slip away once as an international free agent. Like if he's available and he can get him, Preller ain't going to let him do it again. And, but I think the one thing that people are going to wonder is, are they going to be willing to go pay the luxury tax? My thing is you get Soto here. They will sell tickets and merchandise like crazy with a big three, like Tatis Machado. Just, just and get those, Soto. get, get those uh, city jerseys and Soto and, Go yeah. ahead. Oh, they will sell like go. like crazy. Like it's if take they it have from a somebody who works it. in merch. Yeah, in sports merch, those jerseys are freaking fire. Get them in Soto immediately. Like I, whoever your freaking buyers are, just get them in immediately. Don't worry about the damn cost. Get them in. You'll be sold out within five minutes. Oh, without a doubt. Like they have all these prospects. The Nationals had to be enticed by the, a package that San Diego could put together. And then you have to extend them. And you you have to do it. There's a billion dollars between those three guys, but you will make it up in merchandise and ticket sales in a heartbeat. Bingo. And corporate partnerships. You might lose money the first couple of years, but... That's, don't worry long, about it. Don't worry about it. In the long it. run, having those three guys you know how much in their money primes... You, could, you know how much money you could up corporate partnership deals with that trio? Oh, you yeah. want to market baseball? Put those three players on the same squad in San Diego, which is still technically a small market. No, it's not. No, well, it's not. by some standards, it, I think it could be. Household medium value says otherwise. Okay, well that's fair, but that that will be a money maker. Bingo. Anywho, I got one more trade. Do you want to get super insane? Are you ready for this, Jack? I'm ready. We have a three-way trade. Oh, you sent me this. Yes, I did. And I want to talk about it because I did hear this on Robbie Hyde's YouTube channel, and he's not crazy. Because if Rafael Devers cannot get to an extension with the Red Sox, would they ever consider moving him? Now, I'm not saying to the Nationals, Oh, no. I have a better idea. So, the Red Sox get the following. Patrick Corbin, Evan Longoria, and Juan Soto. Because they're going to need a third baseman. They're not putting Bobby Dahl back at third. The San Francisco Giants get involved here and get Rafael Devers and Josh Bell where I think they will extend both of them, making the price they pay very much worth it. Because of this, there's a mix of prospects going to Washington. I got to get the guy from San Francisco here really quickly because this is a guy that I just threw in and I didn't really, just for value. And up there he is, Manuel Mercedes. He's 19 years. Oh, wow. I'm giving him a decent prospect back. Shit. A six foot four pitcher who throws high nineties just doesn't have control. Well, shit. Uh, you're welcome. Washington. <laughs> um, Rafael Mercedes from the giants, Helio Ramos from the giants, Artiega from the giants and Marco Luciano. Marco Luciano is worth it. If you get Rafael Devers, because Luciano's going to end up at third, you're extending Devers. 
there's no point in keeping Luciano. Go get Devers. Go get Bell. The Red Sox give up Brian Bellow, the right-handed pitcher. And I know Red Sox fans are going to groan when they hear this. Tristan Casas as well. I can hear. No, not him. Yes, him. But you get Juan Soto. You get Evan Longoria for third, which isn't really the greatest solution, but it will work for now. You need something. And yes, losing Devers is going to kill morale. But you extend Soto, and who gives a shit? Exactly. Your intention is he wants to go to a big market and get paid. Well, we've tried with Devers. He won't sign. You're younger than Devers. Here's the money. Here's the contract. Fuck you, Yankees. We got him. This is your moment to one-up the A-Rod deal. Yep. You can go get this done. Yes, it costs Rafael Devers, and it would be beautiful to get Rafael Devers and Juan Soto together. There is no real way around it. But in this world, if this were to happen, you keep a lot of your young core still. Yes, you lose cases. It freaking sucks. But because you gave, you traded Devers, now you're getting the prospects back while taking on some money for the Giants, helping them out, meaning they have to pay a little bit more to help you. Now, all of a sudden, oh, wow. We didn't have to pay as much to go get Juan Soto. We just have to take on money, which we're the Red Sox. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a novel idea. Trade one superstar for another and get the other team because you're taking on money to, hey, you pay a little bit more. Jack, is this completely insane or plausible? It's very insane because it's rare you see three-way baseball trades, but um, I like it. I like it for all sides. I mean, the Giants don't get Soto, but they get Rafael Devers, who's one of the top players in baseball. Devers hitting balls into McCovey Cove. It's a great great thought. (laughs) And he can hit that ball out of center field, too. And the national, the nationals get great value out of it with prospects. I mean, and then the Red Sox who are struggling right now. I mean, this will be a shot in the arm for them. Like we're not lo- afraid. We're not afraid to shake it up after giving up on Mookie Betts a couple of years ago. Cause he couldn't, they didn't want to pay him to may turn that around and get Juan Soto. I mean, that's you pair him Verdugo, Jackie Bradley, and you know, but you yeah. put Soto out there, which on that field, I will say all he has to do is learn how to read the green monster. And that's it. He doesn't have to do much more. That actually defensively is not a bad fit for him. Yep. If it worked for Manny, it can work for him. Right. Yes. You have to figure out the first base situation at some point, And probably at that point, make Xander Bogarts a Red Sox for life, mm-hmm. but who gives a shit? Go for it. One up the Yankees. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Yes. What are you waiting for? Do it now. Anud says do it now. I want chaos. That's why. I love chaos. I mean, it's amazing. Anywho, before we go, because I'm going to post this literally tonight. I'm going to be, I have the office myself to do this. Tonight is the MLB draft. And the Guardians, I believe, are sitting number 16 overall in the draft. 
Correct. believe last time they selected here, an outfielder was taken by the name of Tyler Naquin, if I'm not mistaken. Or was this the uh, – this may have been also the uh, lefty pick. What's his name who doesn't play anymore? Damn Aiken. it. Aiken. I think Aiken was number 16 as well. I love that pick. Damn what, it. What, what great history, Alex, that you're sharing with Guardians fans. Yeah, Guardians fans. I know. Brady Aiken <laughs> and Tyler Bakewin. I know. I know. Bakewin. <laughs> I know. Could have had Lucas Giolito. Damn it. Yeah. One pick later. It happens. No, it doesn't now. The Cavs could have had Kobe, but they took Damn the it, Mark. Damn it, Mark. What were you doing? I blame Shapiro. Oh, Sorry, just... Mark. Heel turn. No, I'm kidding. I love you, man. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, the Guardians' uh, rumors have been swirling who they're linked to. I'm going to put out a couple names. I don't want people to be stunned when they hear these names. All right. The first one is the one that's been most linked, Justin Crawford. If that last name sounds any familiar to you, it should. It's Carl's kid, if you want to feel old. He's fast like his dad. Very fast. Good hitter can add some power to his game. Probably, if anything, he's basically his dad as a player. He literally is. Not maybe bad. with a little bit more pop. Maybe he's got 20 homer, 30 homer potential. Probably not 30, but 20 homer potential. But 30 to 40 steals can play center field. Guardians should take a look at that. Um. Another name to look at, uh, Dylan Lesko. Uh, he fits a lot of what the Guardians look for. Only problem, he's coming off. Of, he just had Tommy John surgery in April. He is a Vanderbilt recruit, but he has been dominant uh, when he has pitched. He's got three-plus pitches. I mean, one's plus-plus. His changeup's outstanding, good control. Fits what the Guardians look for, and God put him in this system. Jesus, he he could be really, really something. Um, another name that's been linked a lot to the Guardians is Chase DeLauder out of James Madison, who really hit the cover off the ball there. The problem is when he faced tougher competition against Florida State, he looked completely overmatched. Does he have the ability to play at a higher level? It's possible he's got the size. 6'4, 235, looks to be a solid all-around prospect. I mean, I really like him, but I, I, I'm a little bit wary. Um, the other name I did hear as well, pitching-wise, Jackson Ferris out of IMG Academy, lefty pitcher, seems to fit everything of what they look for. But again, I don't know if they're gonna look pitcher. I I tend to think they're looking middle infielder again. I really think they are. Well, Carson Tucker hasn't panned out. So uh, that makes sense then. Gee, who would have told you that? Mm, sources. Chris, I could have told you. And Cairo, and Cairo too. Like his dad was any good. Jesus. I could have told you those two were bums, but okay. You do hey. you. You're smarter than me. I don't know anything. Nobody bats a thousand in drafts, Alex. I would. <laughs> okay. I would. 
even even our Lord and Savior Sashi couldn't. But I can in baseball, damn it. Because <laughs> I'm the Vince McMahon of baseball drafts, damn it. That's I nothing, never miss. That's nothing to brag about these days. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Being the Vince I McMahon of any. I paid millions. He paid millions. And then I pay those millions. God damn it. I love this shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. This just went off the rails. Yeah, it did. It uh, typically does. So okay. There is another name that tends to be out there. Cole Young is the big shortstop prospect who everybody says the Guardians could be in on, but they may not be in on. It's so weird. I mean, he has the size. Good hitter. Some people are saying he's Adam Frazier, or if you want to go retro, I know Corey in baseball pipeline, they're saying Steven Drew as well. I mean, just looking at the scouting report, it sounds like Adam Frazier. So, all right. The other one, Jet Williams, that's been linked recently. Undersized shortstop, 5'8, 175. Good hit tool plus speed. He would be, so he's at Mississippi State. He's going to be a slot value guy, so they would save up for somebody later. I wouldn't be shocked if they go that route with DeLauder Williams, depending on what, well, actually, no, Williams would actually cost because he's in high school. If they're going slot, they're going to go DeLauder. I, I would believe that. Or the other name I've heard linked to them as well, Dylan Beavers out of California. Big pop. I mean, his hit tool's questionable but it would be a slot move where they could get somebody later. I know somebody had Connor Jerpy as well to them. That would be intriguing because he throws like Chris Sale and was dominant at Oregon State. Those are some of the names I'm hearing. Now, there is a rumor floating around that they're hoping somebody falls because this draft – we don't even know who's going number one. It may not be Drew Jones. Rumor is it could be Jackson Holiday. Um, Elijah Green is a guy I've heard about for years, too, and I, I'm stunned he really isn't. He fell off a little bit. He's 18, though, so he might get it back. Yeah, he might. Um, but Cam Collier has been flying up. I know it's not Cam Collier. The name I keep thinking it might be is Jace Jung. The son, the I'm not son, the brother of uh, Josh, the Rangers third base prospect, elite hitter, elite hitting prospect. His fielding is questionable, but I would not be stunned if he slips to the Guardians. That's who they're hoping for a plus plus bat that they can develop, put in the minors immediately. I think he goes to the Mets. I think he's gone by then. Um, I don't think they'll be in on Kumar Rocker. They've gone down this route once before. Brady they Aiken. won't do it again. Yeah, they won't go the Aiken route again. Though I really do think this is not Brady Aiken again. And I will say one more name that I have heard linked, and that's Jordan Beck, the outfielder out of Tennessee. I mean, this... It, it, it looks like they're looking at either a corner outfield kind of guy, 
a middle infielder or a pitcher with that first pick. The question really becomes what's on the board there and what they think is going to be on the board at their next pick, because they may do something because I'm going to make my bet. I'm going to make my bet right now with the 16th pick in the 2022 MLB draft, the Cleveland guardians select chase DeLauder outfielder, James Madison. I think with the way the board is looking right now, I think Crawford, Lesko, and I don't think they're going to be in on Cole Young or Jet Williams. I think they're going to pass on them and bet that somebody falls. Though looking at the board as it falls a little bit later, you're looking at some outfield prospects probably by the time they pick again. Um, they, there is an outfielder one that's intriguing. Roman Anthony out of uh, Stoneman Douglas, which that program's outstanding. But eh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, if you're really telling me, Alex, what's the perfect one, here would be my first two picks because I think they have a comp A pick, maybe comp B. So they're, they'll have, I think they'll have a second pick tonight. If you're asking me, what is your perfect world scenario, Alex? I would say with the first pick might have to pay a little bit more because he fell. Cause I think he's a junior this year. Uh, Josh Jung or Jace Jung. And then with the second pick, if you're not going to go pitcher, which I think at some point they're going to go pitcher. They may actually, I take that back. I take that back. Um, I would go Dylan Lesko because I love him. He, he is downright filthy. And then with the second pick, I would take Spencer Jones out of Vanderbilt, a six foot seven lefty outfielder who everybody says is basically <laughs> Aaron judge, but a lefty, which I'm like, okay, that's a little bit too far, but he's got the power and he's an all around prospect, you know, maybe, maybe, but use the money on Lesko and then go get Spencer Jones, but he is a junior. So you may have to talk him out of going back to Vanderbilt. So it all comes down to what you think is on the board. And, and that's the thing with the MLB draft. And I know Jack and I have had long conversations about this. It's not about who the best player is on the board. It's how you can manipulate your salary bonus money, your slot money, and get the best crop of prospects you can get. So for all we know, the Guardians may get Jace Jung on the board at 16. It does not mean they are going to take him. Right. Because they may think, well, if Jace is falling, I can go get Chase DeLauder right now, save a little bit of money, and a high school kid I really like is going to slip by my next pick, and I'll just pay whatever I was going to pay before on that. Or a middle infielder I like just as much is going to slip too. I'll just pay him later. Right. So it's all about manipulation strategy. I love it. Uh, I think the Guardians are going to have a few players on the board that are going to be intriguing. Are they going to be future stars of tomorrow who the hell knows the MLB drafts a shit show in terms of like projecting who's going to be a superstar because 
it, it just is that. And, and, there's, I, and there's so many years away too. Yeah, exactly. Like guys we draft, like we drafted, was it Benson in 16 or 17? Yep. He's just now catching fire in Columbus. That was six years ago. So it's, it's literally, it's like a lottery. You draft a guy, you hope your farm system can develop them properly. They might pan out. They might not. I mean, we were drooling over Clint Frazier in 2016 because he was allegedly like a trout like prospect. And we traded him to New York for Andrew Miller and he never did anything for the Yankees or the Cubs. And for all we know, Drew, how, uh, Drew Jones is not a, uh, not the best player in the world. He's not going to be his, like his dad. We don't know no, that Jackson holiday might not be like his dad. Nope. I mean, it's a crap shoot. I mean, green could be, end up being the best one. Elijah green could be the best player out of this draft. Yeah. Like it's insane to think about that, that he could just, or Tamar Johnson. I know a lot of people, a lot of people love Tamar Johnson. And I'll be honest, if this was any other draft, that kid's going number one. This kid is like the truth. Like the top four picks, you could argue a case for each one of them. Brooks Lee, according to MLB Pipelines, next. I would put number five, Cam Collier, because he just has hit the ball like gangbusters and is a third baseman. I mean, I value third baseman as highly as any other position. I'm a little biased toward, towards it, but man, I mean, two months ago, Cam Collier would have been there at 16. Now he won't be, which I'm like, I love him. Screw all of you. But anyways. Um, I, have a, I have a question real quick. Yeah, go right ahead. Why don't we see more draft picks get traded in baseball? Like because, we had a trade last week with the Braves are, and Royals, but why don't we see it more? It's very okay. So it, because of the way the bonuses work, it's very complicated to just move draft picks. Gotcha. And I there's a lot of like inner workings with that, which I've talked about it with a couple of people. Like I talked to Shapiro years ago about it, and he said, "Yeah, it would be more exciting, but you know how complicated that whole freaking process would be. Like if we traded our number one pick and traded." 2.1 million in our bonus money like it would be it, it would screw up all of our plans because you're talking about like i'm using 2.0 on this guy and then i have to let's say i'm spending 2.5 to get my first pick or out of my, over his 2.1 million dollar slot but i have 10 million to work with well now i got to move that four hundred thousand dollars around if I trade that pick, now I lose that and I have 8 million to work with. And that's already complicated enough as it is. So it would, and if you traded it in season like this, granted, that's not much. But if you, tra if everybody did it in season, number one, it would be very hard to identify what your strategy is because mm -hmm. you have to change it on the fly. Right. It, 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 it's just, you can't do that right now. And it's too messy one day. I hope so, but I think the rule would have to be very different in terms of like, you can't give up. Like you have to have the same amount of picks. Like if I give you a first round pick, I need to get back a third round pick. Like I need to get a pick back. 
Right. So it's just swapping money. But I don't think that's going to happen for years. It's just too complicated of the system. And it's not like all other drafts. It, it really isn't. Because again, you're not picking the best player on the board. If I were to trade up in the draft, hypothetically, let's say, and this is the last point I'll make, and then we'll wrap this all up because this is going long. Um, if I were to trade up to, let's say, Drew Jones and Holiday. Let, no, let's say it's Drew Jones and Elijah Green and Jackson Holiday's on the board. And I forgot who was at third. I think it's Miami. Let's say it's Miami. They're not going to pick it's the shorts. Texas. Okay, it's Texas. Okay. Doesn't matter, but let's right. just say it's Miami in this hypothetical scenario. They just drafted Khalil Watson and they're not going to draft another shortstop, but I'm the Guardians and God damn it, I'm in love with Jackson Holiday. I think he's my future shortstop. We're going to trade Rokio. It doesn't matter. I'm willing to give you 16 and all of this. Well, that's great. In a perfect world, that's what you do. But let's say it's Texas and Miami were to move up to number three. They're not, let's say it's the same scenario. They're not taking Jackson holiday. So you're not taking the best player on the board. Technically you're going up to get somebody else and it could be a slot value guy. It could be an over slot value guy. There are just so many things you're thinking. It's like, if the salaries were set, like in the NFL and NBA, you could do that. But because they aren't, yeah, you can't do it. Well, that makes sense. So anyways, uh, to wrap up, like I said, my prediction tonight, which I'm probably 100% wrong because I may be cool with Chris Antonetti. I don't know what that dude's thinking. I'm going to guess. Chase DeLauder out of James Madison. He is 20, so you may have to sign him away from James Madison. But it is James Madison, so he may be able to. But I think they're going to go with the slot value guy to bet on a high school guy being there later. Chase DeLauder will be the first pick for the Cleveland Guardians. If I am somehow right on this, I want to make it very clear. I have not talked to anyone at the Guardians about the draft at all. I have not spoken to Chris Antonetti since I left. So I have no freaking way of knowing this. So if you think I was just told this, I wasn't. So there, screw you. I have a prediction. Go ahead. David Blitzer storms into the draft room and says, I'll pay Drew Jones trade up to get him. <laughs> Yes, of course, because we need Andrew Jones' son to avenge 95. We do. Fuck it. We'll, we'll get David it. Justice's son, too, if he's out there somewhere. I don't think David Justice has a son, does he? I don't know. I don't know. When is Manny, when is Manny Jr. draft eligible? I have no idea. Because I want him. <laughs> Can I get Jackson Hall? Give me no, that whole Honestly, Boston. I'm going to be hey. real honest. If I was training up for anyone in this draft, I'm going to be honest. It's Tamar Johnson. Okay. It's Tamar Johnson. He's the best hitter in the draft. I want that team out in Massachusetts that's got uh, Manny's kid and Pedro's kid and uh, Keith Folk's kid. Like, give me all the youngins of the Red Sox glory years, and we'll just we'll just we'll go. See. We'll see. But anyways, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed 
uh, all this craziness. Uh, probably not going to do much, but every once in a while we will. We want to give you guys an episode since we're back. Well, we do it on the North Coast Sportscast too. So yeah, and then I'm going to do the trade ten trades we need to see at the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, whether it be this or something else, uh, we'll determine that. So thank you guys again for for listening. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, are subscribed. If you enjoy the podcast, leave a nice review. If you don't enjoy it, tell us what we can improve on. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to criticism. You know, me too. Just. Don't be too harsh. Don't be a dick about it. Right. Let's put it that way. If you're going to be a dick about it, okay, fine, whatever. Just <laughs> you're not a good person. Anywho, until then, if you support your Cleveland teams, make sure you stand by them. With that said, we'll talk to you next week.